The best time to get in the laundromat industry yeah. would have been yesterday. The second <laughs> best time to get in the laundromat industry is going to be today. And if you wait till tomorrow, I, I think it's a huge mistake. This is the Planet Laundry Podcast. Uh, I'm your host and the editor of Planet Laundry Magazine, Bob Neiman. Uh, and today I'm with Brandon Schlichter, the founder and CEO of Investment Joy, uh, and one of the uh, newer, bolder voices in the laundry industry that people are uh, hearing and talking about. Brandon, thanks for being here. Well, I, it's a pleasure being here. Absolutely. Hey, can you tell me a little bit about Investment Joy? Kind of bring me up to speed, what, a little bit about the background, the mission of, of what you're doing and what you do. Sure. So, Investment Joy is a brand I started back in 2012. Um, with the original goal of being some sort of uh, platform to talk about investing money finance. Um, in 2013, I created the Investment Joy blog just to go over different real estate deals and projects that I was involved in. Um, I've been involved in a lot of really creative and interesting real estate projects. Uh, for instance, in 2017, which I actually found on my YouTube channel, I bought an old trading station. I thought that'd be the greatest project on YouTube ever. Let's fix up a train station. The video flopped. Kind of became disheartened. Um, then 2019 rolled around, figured I'd give it a second shot. Um, really started pushing more higher quality content on YouTube. And uh, 2019 is also when I bought my laundromat. And I thought my laundromat project, reviving an old zombie mat, was just as interesting as the train station deal. And I was going to try to do a higher quality video project. And uh, October 2019, we went viral. Had uh, several million views in just one month. And it was just very life-changing for me. I never had uh, content go viral and just all of a sudden all over the world I was getting messages from extravagantly wealthy business owners, people in media. Um, I was on the front page of YouTube on the, the, the trending segment. It was just very uh, abrupt. Um, I've always wanted to get into edu the educational sphere as far as trying to help people that are similar to me. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with my story, I grew up uh, relatively poor. My dad was a truck driver. My mom sold Avon. I was never able to go to college because at, when I turned 18, my dad had a heart attack and uh, my family lost our source of income. So my brother and I had to go work. Um, I was working in a warehouse. My brother was picking up uh, trash for the city of Circleville, Ohio. And it was just one of those things that uh, never had those opportunities. So I've always thought it'd be great to go out, be, find ways to reach out to the people just like me, because I know there's a lot of them, and then come up with educational tools and training to help them, but then also understand my missional statement or my, my strategy of find a way to get them in. So I tried to do my best to produce interesting and intriguing content just to give that spark to people of, wow, you could own a laundromat, you could own a car wash or vending machines, uh, just because I know... Uh, Talking to my dad and people I grew up with, it seemed like those were all totally impossible. No, no matter how hard you try, those are just for a certain segment of society, mm -hmm. and you should not um, try to position yourself or try to achieve those things. And here I sit today, over 100 rental properties, um, multiple car washes, my laundromat, multiple vending machines. Uh, I also own a newspaper company in Southern Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, just all all sorts of different things, mm -hmm. and I've done it with no formal training. Right. And I'm not recommending by not get formal training but it is one of those things where i really feel like if you dream it and you plan it it is achievable showing people that it's accessible yes and that that you can get there and it's like you're shortening the learning curve yep. for folks uh you alluded to the fact that you just got into the business in 2019 a few years ago mm -hmm. why laundry why why did that fit for your portfolio okay so the the thing uh when i was looking at my laundromat 
I was looking at mostly for the real estate. I had, um, I had never looked at uh, profit and loss things for laundromat. I, I assumed they could make some money. And uh, it was this older, um, this older lady, she owned a laundromat. She had actually uh, taken it over from her son. Her son uh, unfortunately passed away from cancer. She took the laundromat over. She was in charge uh, as an executor to get rid of the estate. And I asked her, I said, well, how much place does this make? How much money does this, does this place make? Because I could assess what the real estate value was. You know, I, was, I could sublease the laundromat out for $750 a month, $1,000 a month. Not a very big location. Right. All my videos take place in 960 square feet. So I run a very small laundromat. Yeah. So, you know, dollar square foot, Southern Ohio. That's what I can get out of it. Two apartments, $1,000 a month. And I can go and assess it. She didn't want much money for it. So I knew that it would be a viable investment. So. Mm -hmm. All my bases are covered. I'll make money on this. This interesting. And I said, well, what are you doing revenue-wise? And she said, it was about $8,000 a month. And I said, that's incredible. The whole, the laundromat business makes six times more than the real estate's capable of. Mm -hmm. I, it, just, it just blew my mind. Yeah. You know, there, there's these businesses out here that aren't, don't require me to have an incredible amount of employees. It doesn't require me to be there on site every single day. I, and you know, it was just incredible to me that these businesses could exist. Um, so uh, I ended up buying that location. It took two years um, to figure out how to do a deal on it. Um, I started talking to her in 20, uh, 2016. Uh, yeah, 2016, we went under contract late 2018, closed early 2019. And it's just the amount of money it made was phenomenal. And it isn't to say that it's... Uh, it's not passive income. You do have to work, but it's something where you can leverage. It's flexible. It's flexible. And you can scale it because of that flexibility. It, it's flexible. It's scalable. And I, I call it a time leveraged business to where I can do I can do the operations that I have to do as the owner right. in several hours a week. Right. And as long as my employees or my workers are doing what they're supposed to be doing, yeah. we're good. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Brandon, do you, have a, do you have a business philosophy, I guess, that guides your decisions and that helps move forward with investment joint. Do you have a philosophy? Well, uh, well, my big thing is I just I'm I want to help people. Mm -hmm. um, I really would ideally would like to help people regardless of where they are. So in that situation, I, I want to help people regardless of where they are. I also have to make money, and it's one of those things where I'm in business to make money. No one's in business to not make money. And if you're in a nonprofit organization, mm -hmm. you know my my statement would be you're in business. You're in business. Um, you, well, you've, you, you might not be in business, but you have to stay solvent. And if you are insolvent, then are you really not helping anybody? Um, so I want to run an ethical business and I want to help all the people that I run into, whether it's someone who watches my videos on investment joy, whether it's an in-use customer for my laundromat, whether it's someone uh, that runs a camera for my business or, uh, as one of my tenants in my real estate company, I really want to play a role in helping those people. But if my company goes bankrupt, then I'm not going to help. You're not helping anybody. I'm not helping. Anybody. Absolutely. Hey, as we talked about off camera, um, it's the industry is changing quickly, rapidly. What does it take to be a successful laundry operator in 2023? What are some key traits or key skills or things that people need to know? The the big thing is um, your ear needs to be to the ground. You need to be understanding and hearing where trends are going. Um, I've talked in social media. I talk to hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Say, "Oh, the laundromat business is dying." There's, you know, the lot. They're they're closing down my, the laundromat's Why would anybody get in this business? Yet I ran a, um, I did a search the other day because I wanted the statistics, 
And from 2023 to 2027, globally, the laundry industry is expected to grow by 11.1% a year. That doesn't put it in the top 10 business segments in the world growing, but it puts it in the top 20. And I thought, that's incredible. I get all these people staying, especially from Europe, laundromats don't exist anymore. I can't believe that people don't have washers and dryers. But you look at the market segments that are growing, the coin-operated side is stagnant or maybe decreasing 2% a year, 1% a year. But pickup and delivery, wash, dry, fold is just growing by substantial numbers, double-digit numbers every single year. And for me, if I was an operator and not looking at trends, listening to my customers, looking at statistics and the available market data, that I would be concerned there. Um, we've got a um, AI project that I'm trying to integrate with my laundromat right now. And um, the first results from it look absolutely amazing. How do I help my customers through the use of artificial intelligence? Mm -hmm. And I know for some people that's really scary, but <laughs> we're working on an automated attendance system. How to provide better value to my customers because I'm unattended. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're working on a, um, a self-serve help kiosk that connects them with a artificial intelligence chatbot. And I can fulfill a lot of the roles that um, my property manager, my manager currently exists of making sure, you know, did a, did a machine have a problem? Did it eat your quarters? Uh, are the bathrooms unclean? Yeah. And they feel like they're getting a personal um, result from the system we've been messing with in the background. Yeah. I thought that that's going to be revolutionary or just uh, at least a, a great asset mm -hmm. to uh, unattended laundromat operators like me. Uh, there's so much coming on the field of artificial intelligence that I, I'm convinced can boost the profitability of laundromat owners. But if you've operated your business the same for the past 30 years, then you're going to miss the boat on that too. Right, right. You're, it's like you're so far behind the curve at that point too. Beyond that, what are, what are some other business goals for you? Uh, maybe as we head into the second half of the year, what, uh, what are you looking at? What's on your radar? Um, my, my big thing is scaling my own business and I'm helping other people. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got a lot of people that are asked, have asked me for help because of social media. They mm -hmm. see my laundromat. They assume that I'm printing money all the time. <laughs> okay. And I, you know, I've got spreadsheet breakdowns and we do good. Um, and they've asked, they're asking me for help. So I'm working on actively partnering with some of these people that reach out to mm -hmm. me to help them get a laundromat or mm -hmm. another small business. Cause I'm all about entrepreneurship. And I think that we live in a country where it's very doable with the right keys. So we're working on, um, coming on and just partnering with people, helping provide them some, um, framework for getting a laundromat or a car wash or whatever business they're looking at. Mm -hmm. Just really trying to double down on the educational aspect of everything. Perfect. Last one for you, Brandon, because I know you're busy. Really appreciate your time today. But uh, in your opinion, what does the future hold for this industry, the laundromat business, and, and why? Um, I, I think that we have a very bright future. I think things are going to change. Um, I don't think that the coin-operated segment's ever going to go away. Mm -hmm. um, it serves too many people for too many good reasons. I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people in Southern Ohio where I am, and they say, I can't believe anybody uses your laundromat. And I've made this statement to a lot of friends and family. I said, I have a washer at my location. It's six times larger than what you have at home. It does it in half the time. Mm -hmm. And would, are you really, do you really think it's a bad concept that you could come to my laundromat and do one week or more of laundry in an hour? And for someone like my wife, they say, oh my goodness, that's incredible. How have I never had somebody tell me this? So to my wife, there's value in a laundromat. 
So I see a lot of problems in the laundromat industry, especially as CoinUp goes, as a value proposition. And I'm all about marketing. I'm all about letting the message come out. Um, so I think that, that with the CoinOps side, if there can be some branding and marketing efforts, mm-hmm. the future for CoinOps is going to be bright. It's mm-hmm. going to be good. But the, for Wash, Dry, Fold and Pick Up and Delivery, I think that that's going to be just 10 times, if not more. It's absolutely exploding. The, yeah. the, the, the market statistics are there. But I also think that it provide, there's a huge opportunity for every laundromat owner um, that exists in the United States because the infrastructure is there. Mm-hmm. Infrastructure is something that is very difficult for people to pull off. Just the amount of water that's utilized. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what I have to deal with, water usage in my laundromats, water usage in my car wash. Um, those are industries that the infrastructure is very significant. And I feel like because, you know, laundromat owners have access to the infrastructure, it, it will exist the ability to scale. Um, we're global laundry service right now is sitting at $71.1 billion, uh, if memory serves you right, and they expect it to hit over 80 within um, just a few years. And we are just on the forefront of pickup and delivery wash dry fold um, because I'm seeing more interest in that on social media just explode. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can change with the times, you're going to be absolutely golden. So, you know, the best time to get in the laundromat industry would have been yesterday. The second best time to get in the laundromat industry is going to be today. And if you wait till tomorrow, I, I think it's a huge mistake. Absolutely. Wonderful. We've covered a lot of ground. It's been fascinating. It's been a pleasure. That's everything I had. Is there anything? I want to give you the last word. Uh, anything that I didn't bring up or anything you'd like to get out there and no, share with people? I mean, no, I'm just happy and thrilled to have the opportunity to talk to you guys. And I've seen plenty of your content on the internet and it's happy to be here. Thanks for joining us on our podcast today. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to Planet Laundry at planetlaundry.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube.